Welcome to The Snap with Alexis Perry and Sydney Jones. Welcome back to the Broncos Podcast Network for the latest edition of The Snap. I'm Sydney Jones, joined by my good friend and co-host, Alexis Perry. As always, Broncos country, I think it's safe to say we have never seen a week like this in Broncos history. You know, due to the coronavirus and the rise of positive cases, the Broncos matchup against the Patriots was postponed and then postponed again. The Broncos will now travel to New England to face the Patriots this Sunday, October 18th. Alexis, what a crazy week we've had. It really has been a crazy week. That feeling of uncertainty, I think, has been the hardest part about this week of, you know, when are the Broncos and Patriots actually going to play this game? And what's funny is it's been a crazy week for us, but imagine the players. They spent all of last week preparing for this game only to have it postponed another week. So I think that this team is handling things really well right now. I think the mentality of, hey, you know what? This is an inconvenience for us, but it very well could have been us who had positive cases within our building. So just being able to put themselves in the shoes of the Patriots and realize, hey, you know, this is really out of their control as much as it's out of our control. So we just kind of have to roll the punches and continue to improvise and adjust. And Coach Fangio said that that is what they're doing. They're improvising, they're adjusting, and they just now are going to be even more prepared for this matchup on Sunday. And they said that they've been preparing to face Cam Newton. And all of a sudden, it seems like that will be the case this week. Really, I'm just glad that you didn't board a flight to New England only to have to get off the flight. I could not be more thankful that I did not get on that flight. I had just gotten my car and started driving down to the facility and got the news and was like, thank gosh, I did not drive all the way to the airport. You know, scary circumstances, but the postponement did give the Broncos more time to focus on their game plan against the Patriots. And we have a very special guest joining us today to help us break down that matchup. It's Patriots team reporter, Megan O'Brien. Megan, thanks so much for joining us on the snap today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here and Hopefully we can talk a little football because I feel like it's been quite a while since we've been able to talk about that in New England. Well, I'm sure COVID-19 has affected your work life a ton, especially as of late, but I know it's also affected your personal life and some of the hobbies that you enjoy doing, such as marathon running. So tell us a little bit more about you as a marathon runner and how COVID's kind of impacted that part of your life. Yeah, I am. Um, I've been running since I was eight and actually competed um, for the varsity team at Northwestern um, in college. I ran track and cross country. And um, after college, I just took up marathoning. And I was preparing to run my eighth marathon, the Boston Marathon. It was supposed to be in April, um, but that was postponed, which was a bummer because I'd already really done all the work get to the marathon. I had done like my 22 mile long run. I had done all the hard stuff. So the fun part was upon us and that's actually racing. Um, it was postponed until September and then the race eventually was made virtual. And I actually opted not to do the virtual part of it because I had done the New York City Marathon. I did a full Boston Marathon build. I started retraining for the September race. And then when they made it virtual, I was a little bummed emotionally and physically my body just felt very worn out. So I just put the brakes on that and 
I'm hoping that races come back soon because it's something I really enjoy and look forward to. Yeah, I hope they do for your sake too, Megan. And, you know, it's definitely a weird year, a weird NFL season. Can you tell us a little bit about how COVID has impacted your job now and maybe some of the challenges that you faced in regards to it? Yeah, well, throughout training camp, I was really impressed with the way the league had handled things and there weren't a ton of positive tests, which was always a good sign. And really three weeks into the NFL season, it looked like, hey, everything's good. Um, But then, of course, the situation in Tennessee and in New England with Cam Newton testing positive for COVID, days later, Stephon Gilmore tested positive for COVID. Um, Obviously, as you guys know, the game between the New England Patriots and Denver Broncos has been postponed because there was yet another positive test in New England. So hopefully things kind of calm down because really for the last week or so here in New England, it's been wake up, you know, check Twitter, see if Schefter has any updates on the test and if they've come back, okay, they're negative all right, this is what we'll be doing today. So Belichick said it best, I think, in his press conference on Saturday that they're hour by hour. And I think that's how all these coaches, players, staff members have to handle it because with the situation in this virus that we don't know a ton about, things are going to come up. And I'm sure this isn't the only time that the league is going to see teams impacted by COVID. Going along with that, Megan, you know, it's been about a week and a half now since Cam Newton did test positive. And we know how unsettling it's been here in Denver, just waiting for the game to be played. But we can't even imagine how all of you guys in New England are feeling. What's the vibe and what's the mood been like for you guys there? Well, last week, the facility was shut down for several days. They played Kansas City on Monday. Tuesday, there was no update. Wednesday, the facility was shut down as well as Thursday and Friday. Saturday was the Patriots' first practice, and then Sunday another positive test came up, so the facility was shut down again. Um, So I guess the best way to really describe it is just waiting. Um, I thought the game was going to be played Sunday, was ready for that to happen. Then I thought the game would be played Monday, was ready for that to happen. And now we'll have to wait for next week. But I do think some of the narratives have changed a little bit. Last week, everyone was wondering who's going to be the starting quarterback. Will Cam Newton be cleared? Will it be Jared Stidham? Will it be Brian Boyer? Who starts? And now I think most people are anticipating that Cam will be the starting quarterback if he's given the clearance. But Coach Belichick has just stressed over and over against the media that it's a medical decision, not a football decision. And it's just going to depend if he if he passes uh, the clearance, you know, those policies that are put in place by the league and by the medical personnel. If Cam Newton can't go on Sunday, who do you think will start, Stidham or Hoyer? That's, that's tough because before the Patriots signed Cam Newton in July, um, you know, everyone in New England around the media was sort of convinced that Jared Stidham was going to be the next guy. Um, suddenly, Cam Newton is signed, and the talks of that and Stidham died down quite a bit. And then there was a moment in training camp where Jared Stidham had reportedly taken a visit to the local hospital due to an injury. All the tests came back fine, but the day after that, things switched a little bit. Reps were divvied up differently. Cam Newton started getting more reps. Brian-
Ryan Hoyer started getting more reps, and it was clear that Stidham was sort of the number three quarterback. And then through the first two weeks of the NFL season, Stidham wasn't active. Ryan Hoyer gets the start against Kansas City, and uh, things didn't go so well. But things didn't really go well for Stidham either. So I think the coaching staff would have a very difficult decision to make because Brian Hoyer has the experience and the chance of him making those significant mistakes again, I would say are slim to none. But I do think Stidham has the higher ceiling. So if I were in that position, I would like to think I'd like to see what Stidham, Stidham can do. Um, just given that he has the higher ceiling, we all know what Brian Hoyer can do. He's been in this league for a while. I would like to see what Stidham can do. But at the same time, the experience of Hoyer can't be overstated. It wouldn't surprise me if the coaching staff opted to give Hoyer another go. Now, Megan, one quarterback we know we won't see is Tom Brady. Tell us a little bit about how different this Cam Newton-led Patriots team is versus a Tom Brady-led Patriots team. What's the difference on offense now? You know, Tom Brady wasn't really known for his on the football. Uh, Cam Newton, on the other hand, he can do that. But there's something different about this team. And looked up to Tom. He has earned all of the respect of teammates. Uh, was a great leader in the locker room for over for two decades in New England, and the success speaks for itself. But it seems like these players are very close with Cam. He has a nickname for each player. He has a handshake for each player. He hugs each offensive lineman individually before they go play. And that's not saying that Tom Brady didn't have a great relationship with his teammates. He did, but it seems different with Cam, and they seem more unified, and that's been interesting to watch. And then just the threat to run. You know, Brady, you didn't have that with Brady under center. You had a lot of other really great things with Brady under center, but you never had to worry about defending Brady the runner. With Cam, that adds a different element to the offense. Well, speaking of run threats, it looked like Damian Harris had a really big game week four up against the Kansas City Chiefs. What did you like about his game? And could you see him maybe emerging as the number one running back for New England? Well, for most fantasy football players, we'll know this very well. Um, There's never really a clear-cut number one running back for the Patriots. Belichick has always attacked that by committee. And Sony Michelle is coming off the season where he underperformed quite a bit. But, and now he's obviously an IR. Um, Damian Harris had an impressive first game, but I don't want to get ahead of ourselves because it looked a lot like a Sony Michelle game. He had two really big runs. The rest of his carries looked like Michelle did. did. Now, I liked it better when I saw Harris do it, just because I don't know what Harris is, and I know what Sony Michelle is. So uh, that's a situation that I think should be monitored. I I think he put together a nice camp. It's really tough to evaluate running backs at training camp because they're not tackling. So when, you know, he hits the hole and he runs through it, that's what should happen in training camp. So it's really difficult to evaluate those players when they're not tackling. And I'm interested to see if, if Damian Harris can take another step forward against the Broncos. They think it would be telling. But I think Belichick will always go by committee. All of the backs for the Patriots have a, a little bit of a different skill set. 
James White is used primarily in the passing game. Burkhead is used in all situations. And I'm curious to see what ways they use Damian Harris. Now, Megan, I know you mentioned it earlier, but in addition to Newton, Stephon Gilmore did have a positive test as well. You know, if Gilmore can't play on Sunday, how different do you think this Patriots secondary is going to be without him? That's the most stacked position on the team. They have a tremendous amount of depth in the secondary with Jason McCourty, Casey Jackson, Jonathan Jones, um, Joan Williams. They they have a lot of different guys who can fill in there. Obviously, none of them are Gilmore. He was the reigning defensive player of the year. But his season got off to a little bit of a slow start. He had three sloppy pass interference calls. And, and for the reigning defensive player of the year, you can't have that. That's, that's not acceptable. And Stephon Gilmore knew it. The defense is the Patriots' strength, but it all starts with Gilmore. I do think that is a position where they have some depth. And if Gilmore's not on the field, in an ideal situation, you want him on the field because he's, he's such a talented player, but I don't think it really impacts the way the Patriots play defense that much. Now, what's something about the Patriots team as a whole that the Broncos should be concerned about heading into Sunday? I think it's the defense. I mean, you saw against Kansas City um, just what this defense is able to do and how they're able to capitalize off another team's mistakes. Whenever a team goes up against Coach Belichick, he's always trying to take one thing away. I imagine one thing that he would try to take away from the Broncos is, is the run with Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay expected to return to play against the Patriots. I think the Broncos have a really strong running game, and given the uncertainty at quarterback, I think Belichick would try to make the Broncos throw the ball to beat the Patriots. And make them play against this deep New England secondary. I think the defense presents a lot of problems to other teams. And the other thing with the Patriots, I know everyone says, when we saw Cam Newton at quarterback, we saw three different kinds of offenses. Really, we saw a team that is a run-first team, and that's what they're always going to be. And when they can run the ball, they will have a lot of success on offense because it opens up other areas of the game. Who would you say needs to have the biggest game this Sunday for the Patriots in order for you guys to beat the Broncos? I would like to see the wide receivers step up. Uh, Julian Edelman is coming off of a game where he didn't play like Julian Edelman. Um, his pass, he, a, a pass deflected off his hands that led to a sit of interception, and I think Julian Edelman really would want that one back. He also has been plagued with drops and that's been something that Edelman has struggled with throughout his career as great as he's been he's always struggled with drops and I think that he's looking for a bounce back game we're still waiting for the second year first round pick Nikhil Harry to emerge Cam Newton has said a lot of really great things about Harry and his development I would like to see him take a step forward as well Some great insight there about the matchup, Megan, but let's switch gears now. Like you all know, one of the main goals here on the snap is to highlight some of the most prominent and dominant women in the NFL and inspire other young women looking to work in sports. So Megan, can you just tell us a little bit about your experience in the sports industry? Where did you get your start in broadcasting and what does that path look like since? Prominent and dominant. I hope I'm not letting the people down. I'm not sure I've reached that level yet, but uh, I really appreciate the praise. Um, I've known since I was a little kid that I wanted to be a sports reporter. Uh, I grew up 
watching sports with my dad. I'm from Chicago. I'm a diehard White Sox fan. I grew up a big college football fan. Um, my family loves Notre Dame football. And then I went to school at Northwestern, so now I've adopted the cast as my team. But um, I, I think I, I've just always known since I was a little girl that this was what I wanted to do. I'm not where I hope to be, but uh, I'm on my way. And um, I think my first real experience was when I was in college, just joining the student TV station and, and the radio station and, and getting some opportunities there. And then I can't say enough about my internship with the Cape Cod Baseball League. That really helped give me some on-air experience for the first time and, and allow me to watch back some tape and cringe a little bit and see how terrible it was and from there get better. You mentioned that you're not where you want to be. Where do you want to be? I really hope to move on from the team reporter role at some point. Um, while it is great being young and working for the organization, I hope to work for an outlet where I can have more of an opinion, I would say. Um, when you work for the organization, you can't really report news because you work for the organization. But there's a lot of positives that come from working for the organization when you're young. Relationship building is so important. When you're around the team as much as you are working for the organization, you get to build relationships with players that you wouldn't otherwise be able to build being an external reporter. So I look at what I'm doing now, and I, I hope that it's laying the foundation for relationships and sourcing for when and if I move on to wherever that is. What's been your favorite part of the job or maybe even a favorite event that you've covered since you've started? Covering the Subaru Bowl is definitely up there. It's just an experience unlike any other. The week leading up to it, it's a lot of hard work. We did a 24-hour network, the first the first Super Bowl that I was with the team for when they played in Minnesota against the Eagles. And then the next year we did another network um, that was a, a bit scaled back. It wasn't the 24-hour uh, list that we ambitiously took on in Minnesota, but we, we definitely had some content there. And, and I, I just enjoyed that experience because it's, it's a marathon. I mean, the week leading up, you're working until after midnight and you're back up again at five in the morning for more. So when the game finally comes on Sunday, you exhale a little bit and then you get to enjoy it. And I think it just brought me closer to a lot of my coworkers because we spent so much time together. And at the end, like I said, you just kind of got to exhale and, and enjoy the season. And, and the outcome of the game almost seemed secondary just because it was about the experience of getting there with your, your coworkers. And I would also say um, right after college, I, I worked for NBC as a production assistant for the 2016 Olympics. I wasn't in Rio, I was in Stanford, Connecticut, but and I wasn't doing what I ultimately want to do, which is was be an on-air reporter. I was, I was working as a production assistant, but in a similar way, you know, it's a month of long, long days and, and, and hard work, but I, I really liked how we came together as a team. Um, 
working with the producer, working with the honored talent, and they bring in a lot of freelancers. So a lot of the people I worked with for the Olympics actually cover the NFL now, which has been a great experience just to connect with those people and, and stay close and recall our times working the Olympics together. All right, last question for you, Megan. Were there any challenges you faced along the way? And what advice would you give young women who are trying to land a similar job who can avoid some of those challenges you faced? I think one of the things, I always say this too, if I could go back to myself in college, I would just say, like, relax a little bit. Because I felt like I was just, I thought that I was going to be a failure if I didn't make it to a network by age 25 and now having the perspective I do I realize you know that's that's a pipe dream but um I think just enjoying where you're at and enjoying the process more would be something I wish I did when I was younger because I was always so focused on getting the next job but something that's a big challenge in our industry is you have to sort of quote-unquote pay your dues and when they say that they they mean that in both ways from doing work that you're not necessarily extremely excited about or the work that you want to do but also you're probably not going to make a ton of money doing it at least at first which is frustrating for students who are right out of college and have to worry about student loans and have to worry about uh, paying rent and all of these other things so um to me that was that was um that was that was difficult um and i never wanted pay to be a reason that i didn't take a job but i think it's it's tough when you know how to you know what your dream is you know you want to get there you're willing to do whatever it takes but um you have some financial barriers as well so i think like in college i i i kind of knew that starting in the industry the pay is going to be not a lot. So I picked up a job working as a, a babysitter and just took every shift I could be work for the family because I, I wanted to save my money in college so that I could chase my dreams when I graduated. And, and obviously everyone has different situations. Everyone comes from different family situations, but um, that is something I think isn't talked about nearly enough. It's like, oh, look, you're a TV reporter. You're, you're a sports journalist. You probably do just fine. But I think right out of college it's it's a struggle it's a struggle and i think that's something that you know we don't see a lot of diversity in terms of gender or race but even socioeconomically i don't think there's a lot of diversity in television or in sports reporting because those entry-level positions pay so little that someone from a lower income family might not necessarily be able to take an opportunity that someone whose family can help support them can take. So I, I hope that there's work being done in our industry to help open doors for more young people who don't come from as privileged backgrounds. Yeah, that's a great perspective, Megan, and some really great advice there. But thanks so much for taking the time to dive into this matchup over the weekend and share your career path with us, Megan. We really appreciate you joining us on The Snap this week. Guys, thank you so much for having me. I had a great time and I hope to uh, see you in person sometime soon. Megan, she is absolutely fantastic. If you want the latest out of Foxborough, you can follow her at Megan OB Sports on Twitter. All right, guys, that's all the time we have for this edition of The Snap. We'll see you right back here next Wednesday on the Broncos Podcast Network.